T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The song Luca reached as high as number three on the Billboard chart in 1987 as Luka Doncic, number one on the NBA at age 20. Home and home, radio.com, sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Tell your friends, check us out on Spotify, on iTunes, on the radio.com app. Follow us at RDC home and home on Twitter. A lot to get to today. Nick Costos will join us from You Better You Bet for the entire hour. Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports. Fantasy tips in the 9 o'clock hour. 10 o'clock, we'll go to Dallas with our friends 105.3 The Fan. Mike Fisher tells us why the Cowboys will beat the Patriots this weekend. Luka Doncic, though. How about this guy? 35 points, 10 boards, 11 assists in 25 freaking minutes in a demolition, an absolute demolition of the Golden State Warriors, a 48-point win. Soundbite of the night, Steve Kerr saying, yeah, a few breaks here or there. That would have been a 42-point game. At least he has a sense of humor about getting their butts kicked. Let's bring in the boys. Nick Costos, you better you bet, joining us the entire hour. We'll chart the F-bombs for us today. Nick, good to see you. (laughs) And Ross Tucker got a T-shirt for the ages. Costos, do you see the Ray Finkel T-shirt on Ross Tucker? Laces out, baby. Explain that thing. It's pretty good. I like it. Little Ace Ventura action from Ross Tucker. I dig it. Where'd you get that thing, dude? No idea. None whatsoever. Somebody sent it to me in the mail. They sent it to the P.O. box for my uh, recruiting business, Go Big Recruiting. No notes, no name, no, hey, I saw you were talking about this on the show. Nothing. I I have no, whoever gave this to me, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm wearing it on a national show, and I quite like it. I don't think anybody on television will have a better show than me, but I can't even give you credit. I don't even know the name of the company. So uh, I'm going to say that this shirt is presented by at Ross Tucker NFL on both Twitter and Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL. Yeah, sense to me, it sounds to me like it was sent by Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Who the fuck sends shit in the mail with like no fucking postage or anything? I wouldn't have opened that. You couldn't have paid me money to open a package like that. <laughs> you weren't worried well, wait, to open that thing up? No, it had postage on it. It just didn't say like. There's no, no return no, address, I, no nothing. Yeah, no chance. No chance I'm opening that up. Someone else could open that up. Get a robot get a robot from from the post office to open that shit up. No chance I'm opening it. No way. It just came in like it was almost like an Amazon order. You know what I mean? Like there was no like it wasn't like someone sent it. It was like an Amazon or something in the mail. Okay, like a pa- okay, but but no return address. Yeah, that'd no, be a little weird to me. there isn't a return me. address when you get something, when something's sent from like Amazon or something. There is no okay. return address. It it says yeah. like fulfillment center, Lexington, Kentucky or something. I don't know. So someone needs to give a heads up if they're sending you shit. Like you just can't get sent shit in the mail. Like I'm not into that. I'm not opening. I won't open it. I will text people on my phone. I've had this happen before. I will text people on my phone that I think may have sent me something and be like, did you send me something? And until I get the confirmation, I ain't opening shit. That could fucking sit there forever, unopened. I don't care. You are you are paranoid. By the way, well, quick, quick, Dave, quick, uh, quick Ace Ventura story. Yeah. When I was traded to the Browns in 06, our assistant offensive line coach was Jeff Yulinake, who played like 12 years in the NFL. He was in Ace Ventura. He was the guy that was standing at the stall 
when Jim Carrey walks in, he's a big offensive lineman, and he looks over and smiles at uh, at Jim Carrey, at Ace Ventura, at the bathroom stall, like intimating that uh, he would be interested romantically in Ace Ventura. Um, and Ace Ventura is like, I'm out of here. And uh, so it was kind of funny because I told Yulinake, played like 14 years in the NFL, and that wasn't nearly as cool as his 10 seconds in Ace Ventura. Not nearly as cool. Costos probably didn't even watch Ace Ventura because he's a loser. Well, I saw it, but I was like, um, I was like 10 years old when it came out or something. So I saw it when I was a kid, and it was okay. <laughs> it's it was, a great it was movie. legendary. It's, it's maybe like Jim Carrey's like seventh best movie. Oh, definitely top five. Costos, you probably can't open packages because when you delve out bad betting advice, do you get some nasty messages? <laughs> nasty people want to come out. I'm not, I'm not saying you often give out bad advice, but they all can't be winners, right? And gamblers well, are probably yeah. pissed when they lose. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I give out bad advice. All the advice I give out is pretty good. I can't control what happens on Sundays. You know, we talk about what what the market's showing us. You know, we, we, we handicap the games and then, you know, crazy shit happens on a Sunday. Um, here's the deal that people don't understand. And like, I don't I actually had someone, um, a friend of mine um, who kind of does something similar in the space was talking to me this week and complaining about, you know, all the criticism that that people get that give picks out of the media. Here's what people don't understand. And like, I, I don't fucking care because here's the thing, right? The best handicappers, the best handicappers, like of which I am not. And like, I would never like, I'm not a professional better and I don't purport to be one. I think that I am sharper than the average better by a mile. And I get great information because of the great guests that we have on You Better, You Better. And also because I've been in the sports media for a really long time. The best handicappers win like 57% of the time. Like that's the best handicappers win like 55% of the 57% of the time, especially in the national football league, which is the hardest sport to handicap. All you hear people say like pro pro betters, people that do this and been doing this for a long time. It's all they say is how sharp the NFL numbers are and how it's an impossible sport to beat. Right. That's just kind of the fact. There's only 16 games. All the pro betters are betting college basketball right now, betting on like incarnate word games or like Akron last night was steamed to a ridiculous degree in college football and action. Like these are the like this is what pro betters are, 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 are zeroing in on are spots like that because bookies can't possibly put sharp lines up for like 9000 college basketball games. But you can for an NFL game when there are only 16 of them during the week when there are no bye weeks and everyone knows everything about every player and everyone's really into it. So it's by far the sharpest sport, the sharpest number. It's very tough to beat. And I think a lot of people are new to the space. And I think a lot of people are dumb. And I try and toe the line on you better. You better say this every night between being an asshole and being instructional because people are, are fucking pricks. But I also want to instruct people, right? And try and teach people, right? You, you, no one is going to go like nine and zero every week picking the NFL. Everyone's going to have bad weeks. It happens. You deal with it. If and I'll say this to anyone, like if anyone, if I come on a show and I had a terrible week picking games in the NFL last week, I think it may have been my worst week ever. I just reached the point where I start laughing. If if anyone, and I'm not saying anyone will do this or anyone has threatened to do this, but like if anyone wants to, you know, remove me from your fucking show and bring another someone else on to handicap games, and when that person loses, take that person off and then bring another person on. I'll talk to you again in six months, and that and that'll be really fun, and I'll be back on the show. And, and by but the way, do you, I don't get paid. I, 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 don't, I don't get paid to pick winners. I get paid because I'm fucking entertaining. You are entertaining. But do you read do you read your do you read your at replies? How nasty are they is my point. Because again, betters probably aren't the most thoughtful people when replying on Twitter after they lose a bet. Well, well, let's not let's not put betters under under this umbrella. I think it's just fucking moron people in general. They don't have to be betters. I think people are people are fucking ass clowns in general. They don't have to fucking bet on games to be pricks on social media. Um yeah, I look at them and then like I either mute them or I'll be like, "Hey, uh appreciate you you reaching out and tweeting. I got no time for this shit. I got people in my mentions and and Ross can probably speak to this more because he's fucking the self-promotion king and I mean that as a compliment. Um with all his Twitter followers where like how I would guess, Ross, that you probably have a lot of people in your mentions that are just having conversations with themselves because you've muted them. I just I got no time for this shit. It's like, fuck off, man. Like, no one put a fucking gun to your head and made you fucking take the pick that I said or someone else said. I, I, just, I just don't care. I just don't really give a shit. People want to get pissed, get fucking pissed. I don't really care. God bless. Now, a, a couple thoughts on this. First of all, you are extremely entertaining. You're a star. I've told you that, number one. Number two... You're exactly right. The best professional gamblers 
are what, Nick? Between like 55 and 59% correct? Like, like if they the go 60%, one. you get a statue built for you, like outside the Bellagio if you go 60%. It's possible to do that over the course of like one season. We see that in the Super Contest every year. But like you can't – it is literally like mathematically impossible to do that over a long stretch of time. And then you've got these fucking dipshit morons on Twitter. But Clip this out. If you want to put something up there, put this up. Fucking these dipshit morons on Twitter that people expect – like everyone's like to go like 10 and 0 every week. It's like, you don't understand that this is mathematically impossible, you fucking idiot. And here's what, and a lot of the, the sport, the guys that work in the sports book say this, and I think it's such a great line. Here's what's great about this country. If you think you're a fucking expert, the books are open for business. Put your money where your mouth is. You put a bet <laughs> down. You know what I, you know what I got to do every single week? I got to make for Sports Illustrated. And this is not a complaint. It's just the nature of the beast. I have to do the same stuff for you know our employers as well. I got to give five picks a week in the NFL against the spread. I said, guys, can I, can I do totals? No. Has to be against the spread. That's what people want to bet on. There are weeks where like, I don't like five games. I don't want to give five picks, but I have to give five picks. I would love to give like two picks against the spread and three totals or not give five picks, but I got to give five picks every week. Do people understand how hard this is? Like, people are like, oh, it's so easy to pick a fucking winner. Well, if that's what you think, buddy, why don't you fucking go to the sports book and you fucking bet on the games and see how well, you that's, go, so, idiot, so, so there's clown-ass fucking there's, moron. <laughs> there's two things about it to me that are really funny. So, number one, like, these people that are criticizing me. So, I, I make picks as well. I have an Even Money podcast I do on Wednesday on the Radio.com app. And on Sundays, I'm with Nick. On You Better You Bet Sunday edition, 9 a.m. to noon. And the, the my favorite thing, okay, is like this past weekend, I was up seven units in the NFL. I had a great, I had a great game, seven units. The one game I got wrong was the Dolphins. After the Dolphins had come through for me against the spread the two prior weeks. And the crazy thing about it is. I very rarely get any social media feedback or mentions when I win or about the wins, right? You, you almost never hear from anybody. I did have somebody meant, you know, reply to me and say, good call on the Dolphins, Tucker, something like that. And that person it's always die. a dilemma. I, I, I want your opinion on this. I always debate between replying to that person or quote tweeting him and saying like imagine being the moron that tweets this when the guy was up seven units for the weekend but then it's like i don't want to give that person the time of day like i don't want to give them the gratification of doing that i don't want them to get attention and honestly nowadays i don't even know if that person's trolling me or not like Maybe they're just like, you know what? If I bust Ross's chops about the only one he got wrong, maybe he'll quote tweet me and I'll get oh, they don't to know. Like, like, I really, like, I, I'm to the point now where what people, people reply to me, I don't know if it's one of those troll accounts or not, and they're just messing with me, number one. And number two, my wife always says, just be above it. Just don't, don't ever reply. So I very rarely reply, and I agree with her. But every once in a while, I like to just do a little jab in there. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Dave, I don't know if you have any here, but I have a lot. Go. Yeah, I think it's just like people are entitled fucking brats, right? I, I doubt that the person that sent you that tweet, Ross, knew that you won every other game that you picked. I think they, they, they saw that. People get angry and like, it is a fucking... I don't know if this is a commentary on like if it's today's society or if this is just how people are in general, but everyone's always generally looking, I feel like, to blame someone else for their own shit. Like, yes. I didn't fucking yes. now look, look, like I had what I would consider to be, and I've been betting on sports for 15 years, right? I would have what I would consider to be. I had a week in 2014 or 15, I'm not sure which week it was, when I picked um, late in the season, so there was a full 16-game slate, I went 0-5 in the Super Contest, and I went 11-5 picking games for the week. So every game I picked that I didn't have was one of my favorite 5-1 and all my favorite 5 lost. That one stands out. But then I look at this week. Guys, I went 6-2, and two, and this is the other funny thing. Like, I went 6-2 and two picking college football games on Saturday, and I went 4-1 and one picking NFL totals. So, like, if people actually, like, listen to the fucking show and not just, like, watch, like, the one video that they watch, if people, like, if you listen to the show and if you listen to the show on Sunday morning, like, I gave out a lot of winners. But, like, the... 
I had games on this weekend, guys, that weren't even fucking close. The 1 p.m. games for me where, like, it's like the, the Joker trailer with Joaquin Phoenix. It's like when he goes, I thought my life was a tragedy, and then I realized it was a comedy. By, like, 2.45, I was just laughing. What can you do when you take the Panthers? They get blown out. The Jaguars get blown out. The Dolphins get blown out. And the Dolphins were the only team that I bet on uh, that, that had, like, a chance to cover in the, in the early slate, and they lost by 17. The Texans get blown out. I had the Eagles on Sunday afternoon, fucking disaster against the Patriots. Bears on Sunday night, unbelievable disaster. And then the rotten cherry on top of the piece of shit Sunday was Philip fucking Rivers, who needs to be old yellered uh, beyond the shotgun out back, fucking for the Chiefs, uh, against the Chiefs in Mexico City on Monday night. So I had what I would consider to be one of the worst weeks ever picking games. I'm going to bounce back, though, because this is what happens. This is the kind of shit that happens here. And all these fucking people that want to come in and be like, oh, you fucking suck, this and that, ma 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 Okay, guy, you fucking bet fucking you pick five games a week every week for the nfl season and see how you do you post your fuck that's my other favorite favorite thing post your record how about this go fuck yourself that's my record go fuck yourself social media is the pit of hell people don't take to social media to say positive things generally speaking i would guess 99 to 1 are negative takes on social media it's a breeding ground for negativity just ask Sean Clifford. He's the Penn State quarterback who led the Nittany Lions to one of their best seasons or is leading them to one of their best seasons in recent memory. Didn't matter. Sean Clifford throws three interceptions and a loss to Minnesota, and he is getting death threats on social media. Says he had to delete his account. Sean Clifford is thrown for 2,400 yards, 22 touchdowns. They are eight and one and still have a shot. They beat Ohio state and everything is still out there for Penn state death threats. Ross Tucker. This is your backyard, Pennsylvania. I wish he would out that person. I wish you would out that person, but Sean Clifford should out that person. That person should frankly, to me, get dragged his ass into jail. So, Number one, I'm going to disagree with you on the one thing, Dave. It seems to me, before we even get into the Clifford thing, it seems to me like people go on Twitter to show hate. Like Twitter people are are nasty and sarcastic and all that stuff. It's people. It's people. It's not Twitter people. It's just Twitter as a vehicle. It's people in general. No, 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 no. I did... on Instagram, people seem to be pretty positive on Instagram. Right. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I fucking. Oh, heard. I was going to agree. I get people. I, was I get people that go in my Instagram. People go in my Instagram DMs. Nice pick, asshole. And I tweet. I to go tweet me, you motherfucker. All right, block your fucking ass. So, uh, so, so, Nick, I you want to look at pictures of my fucking sneakers? You can't. How about that? Blocked. I get. I get. I get. I get a lot of negativity on Twitter, but I also that's where like I'll make comments instagram is more just like posting pictures and videos obviously but instagram is just positivity like i i don't get a lot of negativity on instagram that's interesting that you do but put put your pics for the weekend on instagram and uh, we'll and but we'll reconvene next week yeah i i think he has a good point i think because you post gambling information on instagram i would agree with ross it depends on the material most things i post are generally they don't open themselves up to that type of criticism although if i do post political takes yes that's when it gets negative same as your uh picks which probably turns negative all right so i want to catch you up we have no stick to sports mantra here like deadspin so i'm going to catch you up on what happened yesterday on capitol hill big impeachment trial going on for the president a bad day for the white house gordon sondland a u ambassador says there was indeed a quid pro quo with the president of ukraine to start investigation into joe biden and his son hunter this is very, very bad news. Gordon Sondland said everyone was in on it. But if you're a Republican, you say there's still no direct knowledge that the president withheld military aid to Ukraine. So here's what will happen. To make a long story short and a long trial short, they will impeach him in the House. Every single Democrat will vote yes. Every single Republican will vote no. It'll go to the Senate where every single Democrat will vote to impeach and every single Republican will vote to acquit and they have more Republicans in the Senate. So he will get acquitted and you folks will get to decide in the 2020 election. And that's so, why we so have Dave, a democracy. Let me ask you this. So Dave, so Dave, yeah. so I understand this. Okay. I know this is not sure. a politics show, right? 
So this whole thing is a is a is a gigantic waste of time, or is this just um, on some level smart political strategy by the Democrats so that even though he won't get impeached, everyone will realize that you know he did something really bad. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is. David, that the, is that the dumb? Is that the dumbest question you've ever heard from a smart person no. ever asked? No, it is actually spot on. No, no I'll tell you not. why. It's not. It is. It's not even close it is, to spot on. It is absolutely three spot in it, we're on. We're three years. We're three plus years into Trump's presidency. It's like, oh, now, oh, now, now, people have real. Like whether you like, no, it didn't take three years for people to realize that Trump might be doing something bad. And that's not me saying he is bad or he isn't. It's just a fact. Here's why it's spot on. Because even if Republicans don't think it's impeachable, it is important that the American people get to see how this president is doing business. It is wrong. Is it illegal? Is it high crimes and misdemeanors, which is the bar to impeach someone? We will see in the weeks ahead, but it is important, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, that this information gets brought out in front of the American people because it would not come out in an election. So it is absolutely not a waste of time. Now it is a waste of resources. They're not passing legislation. They're not doing anything to help the country right now, but it is important that these issues get brought out before the American people and before an election. But you, Nick Costos, get to impeach someone in professional sports. I impeached Dan Snyder, 20 years of mediocrity, getting worse. Trent Williams was the cherry on top. That was the impeachable offense, not trading him, getting a first round pick. Who would you impeach in professional sports? And you, of course, are a Knicks fan, so that seems easy to me. Is there someone else you'd like to remove from office in pro sports? Well, you know, um, as it concerns the impeachment stuff with the president, I would say this, right? And this yep. is not a political comment, um, so it, I don't, and I don't really care, honestly. I think it is a fucking waste of time because nothing's going to happen, so it's fucking irrelevant. Um, as far as the impeachment stuff goes, think about all the money and time that's being spent to quote to impeach the president of the United States when every anyone with half a fucking brain knows that he's not actually going to get impeached. Like in Dave, you kind of brilliantly detailed like the actual reasons why. Like it's it's not happening. It's a dog and pony show. It's a whether well, you want to say ah, oh, it's great for the America, whatever. I don't think it fucking any whatever. People have already made up their minds one way or another. I don't think it matters. The government should take all this time and attention. And all this money and all these resources and this time, and instead of focusing it on this impeachment, which is never going to happen, you know what they should do? They should turn their attention on what the fucking National Football League is doing in terms of its officiating. Now, I know that Jim Dolan would seem to be the obvious. I know that Jim Dolan would seem to be the obvious answer for me because I'm a Knicks fan and I grew up and the Knicks were like just below the Giants for me growing up as like my second favorite team. And, you know, I remember in 94 when the Rangers won and the Knicks lost game seven to the Rockets. I, I was happy the Rangers won, but I really wanted the Knicks to win. Um, so watching my favorite basketball team be like reduced to like a steaming pile of rubble or shit, I guess would be more appropriate for me to say, given I curse all the time. I've gotten used to it at this point. Like, I don't expect the Knicks to be good. I expect them to be bad. I expect shit to go wrong. We were talking about it last night on You Better You Bet when Duke lost to Michigan State in the tournament this year and R.J. Barrett took over down the stretch and missed a million shots and Zion Williamson didn't touch the ball. I'm thinking like, fuck, the Knicks are going to end up with R.J. Barrett. The Knicks end up with R.J. Barrett. Like, it's unbelievable. So like, I'm I'm so used to it at this point. I'm numb to the Knicks being bad that it's like fucking whatever. Like, yeah, I hope Jim Dolan fucking sells the team or, you know, maybe made a little worse. But yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm past it at this point. <laughs> what I can't, what, what I can't, oh yeah, and I, and I, and I mean it. I mean it 100%. What I what I can't what I can't tolerate at this point in my life is what Al Riveron this slapdick clown fraud ass motherfucker is doing to my favorite sport. So like I'm past the point of caring about the Knicks. I still very much care about what's happening to officiating in the National Football League. The NFL's my favorite thing. I think I can appeal to people here when I say this. Since 1990, I've been watching the NFL obsessively on a week-in, week-out basis. It's literally, it's like my favorite thing in sport by far. And I would say it's my favorite thing outside of like the people I love and care about. It's my, my number one hobby, my number one favorite thing. I would choose it over anything. And watching what's happening on a week-in, week-out basis where it's not just... It's not just annoying to see because it's insulting to common sense, the fact that, like, DeAndre Hopkins gets fucking stone-cold stunnered and, and they challenge it and nothing happens. It's, it's not just that, that, it, that it's insulting, like, my integrity and common sense. It's hurting the integrity of the game. Like, teams are—the Texans lost a timeout for that. Like, 
People may not think that's a big deal, but in like that could end up costing a team a playoff spot potentially. It's just so fucking dumb. And then how about what we saw at the end of the Cardinals-Niners game? Like this is something that, that fucked people out of money. And it's like the NFL guys thumbs its nose at gamblers and fantasy football players. No, not one fucking person that's not a Niners fan or a Cardinals fan or gets paid to cover this shit is watching the end of Niners-Cardinals on Sunday. Unless you play gambling and fantasy also. And the play that happened at the end of that game with the car, the Niners up by three, and it's like, as a gambler, like, you hate this, because as soon as teams line up for this lateral bullshit, you know, like, the worst thing, like, the best case scenario is that the team turns it over. The worst case is that it goes back the other way. Like, that is a nightmare for gamblers, is when you have money on a team at the end of games that lines up for a lateral, because you know it's going to get fucked up and maybe brought back. Like, nine people are on top of the ball at the end of that game. The ball squirts out like a glitch in a fucking video game. The Niners bring it back for a touchdown. The spread closed at nine and a half. They win by ten. And they're like, oh, it's okay, no problem. We're not going to review it. Niners win by ten. We'll see you next week. How about this? Fuck you, Al Riveron. You fucking... There is not... I would say there may not be one person in the country that is worse at his or her job than fucking Al Riveron is at his. Fuck that guy. Because he fuck, he's fucking up my fucking favorite thing. My, like, the, the Knicks have already been taken from me. I'm done with it at this point. I still fucking care about the NFL. Fuck that guy, Al Riveron. Slapdick fucking fraud-ass clown. Stupid-ass fucking NFL. Dumb-ass pass interference rule. Insulting my intelligence and hurting the integrity of the game. And also, by the way, fucking up my fantasy team and potentially fucking up my bets. I got no time for this shit. I got no time for that clown. Hot, Ross Tucker. Hey, guess hot. what, Nick? He's coming hot. Guess what? Good call, but that was mine, asshole. I took River on. When we did this last week, that was mine. That was the guy I impeached earlier this week was River good on. Good choice. Good choice. So good speech, but you got to pick somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Here's yeah. the thing. I'll, I'll Hold on. Jim, Jim, Jim Dolan. Uh, you know, maybe like, maybe like he slips on the corner and like stumbles into Fifth Avenue. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying. Let me just, for argument's sake. I'm not defending Riveron, but isn't that on the individual refs at the games, the owners, Roger Goodell? That is a systematic problem. How much should we put on Al Riveron? Versus well, let me ask you this question. Everyone I think it's involved. a fair. I think it's a fair question. I think Ross could probably give a good answer to this, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Let's say it was Mike Pereira. Let's say Mike Pereira had Al Riveron's job. Mike Pereira has kind of, I feel like, earned the trust of NFL fans, consumers of the product with like the work he's done on Fox and like the work that he did. And maybe not as like as an on-field official, but what he did upstairs or in Park Avenue or whatever. If it were Mike Pereira, do you think that this shit would still be going on? Uh, I, yes. I, I don't think this would be going on if it was Pereira or Blandino. I think they're both better there than Albert Brown. There, well, I, I agree that that's that's my take on the whole thing is that I think it's less that it's like the NFL, the guy behind the guy. And I think it's more this guy. I think this. No, guy I sucks. think you know what I think it is, Nick. I think it's the NFL was too cheap to keep Blandino or Pereira. They're and a multi-billion dollar industry. How could they? How could they? But like, how is that even possible? Like the NFL was too cheap. The NFL prints money. They couldn't fucking keep. They couldn't win a winning bidding war with Fox for Dean Blandino. And give me a fucking break. All right, so it, you guys clearly agree. It is uh, Al Riveron. I got Snyder. We had a poll on our Twitter feed: who should be impeached in professional sports? And hey, man, this might be the only time in the history of this show that anyone agrees with me on anything. Dan Snyder, the leader in the clubhouse, forty-six percent, followed by Dolan. Riveron, certainly in the running. Maybe you guys made a compelling enough case to change those numbers. Astros organization, 12%. And we will get into the Astros organization. How do they get punished? What should Major League Baseball do? How can you actually say to the rest of the teams, this is why you should never do that again when it helped them win a World Series? You're going to have to hit them awfully, awfully hard at the NCAA as well. They have a punishment. We're, we're doing a punishment block here from impeachment to ridiculous punishments. What they handed down to Memphis star James Wiseman in just a couple of minutes, Ross. But first, it is time to, to, for me to tell you about ZipRecruiter and for Nick Costos to pee. 
because hiring can be a challenge. So can be holding your bladder like Nick Costos. Codable co-founder Gretchen Heemner discovered the uh, the hiring part of it. I don't know about the, uh, the bladder part of it. Anyway, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. You know what? I, I don't feel like reading the rest of this. Hey, Nick, do you want to? Oh, no, he's not there. He went to the bathroom. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter, not the bathroom. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. For example, people that can last a whole hour on the show when they're supposed to be on it for an hour. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How can the Astros get punished that shows no one can ever do this again? And what? Did the NCAA just do finding a college kid who needed to borrow money? What are the repercussions of that after a quick break? All right, it's time for a t-shirt battle. Earlier on, we showed you Ross Tucker's Laces Out. Ray Finkel, classic throwback t-shirt from Ace Ventura, sent to him by a stranger. That's good, but is it better than one of the millennials that works here on our staff on Home and Home, Dylan Burns? We were just talking about James Dolan, New York Knicks owner, and he's rocking a Dolan t-shirt this morning. Can we see those two t-shirts head-to-head? Jury, uh, Ross, come on, we can't see the shirt. Jesus, you guys aren't good at this. Anti-James Dolan Club. Anti-James Dolan Club. All right, Costos, who's got the better T-shirt on this morning? Well, see, because you, you two, you two boomers won't, won't know this, but um, Dylan's shirt, the anti-James Dolan Club, is a playoff like the popular streetwear brand, Anti-Social Social Club. So his shirt is infinitely cooler than Ross's. Plus, it, it's bashing someone that I hate. So it's Dylan in a landslide. Sorry, Ross. And I, I got to shout what? out Mr. Throwback in New York City who hooked it up with the shirt. He's printing them out like madmen. So if you guys want one, let me know. I can hook it up. Dylan, you got one minute. <laughs> you got one minute, Dylan. See, that was Dylan. that was the shadiest fucking thing, Dylan. Well, what what else you got in the back of that trunk, guy? Fucking contraband. You fucking <laughs> you come you come hit me up if you need one. Fucking fall off the back of a truck. And if and if you short me on the money, Dylan's coming after you with a fucking lead pipe. <laughs> Done. All right, Dylan. These guys had their rant on River on. I had mine a week ago on Snyder. Let's see if you can catch up, James Dolan. You got one minute why he should be removed from Nick's office. Oh, good God. All right, here we go, fellas. 
James Dolan buys the team in 1999 with the New York Knicks are in the finals against the Spurs. They have the worst record in basketball since 1999. It's no coincidence. Since 2001, right? So if Christoph Porzingis this offseason got, or sorry, last season got traded for first-round picks, those were the first first-round picks the New York Knicks received in a trade since 2001 when we had to trade someone, I forget who it was, to the Spurs for Malik Rose in a first-round pick. The New York Knicks have not had their own first and second-round pick in the same draft since 2004. And just to sum it up, we traded for Andrea Bargnani. We gave him a first-round pick to the Raptors for Andrea Bargnani. That's really all you need to know about James Dolan because he only heard of Andrea Bargnani. The guy is the worst. There should be sell-the-team chance in Madison Square Garden every single night until James Dolan does something out of control. We seriously need to get him, like, tapes of him saying something crazy. It's the only way that we're going to get him out of here and only way things are going to get better with the Knicks. Dylan, solid case you made. I'm surprised you didn't mention the name Phil Jackson in there because that's one of the worst contracts ever handed out in sports, in my opinion. Five years, $60 million to do absolutely nothing. But the Yankees laid claim to their own $153 million they spent on Jacoby Ellsbury, and they are saying good riddance and writing off 26 mil, letting him go. Costos, is that the worst contract in the history of sports? I mean, the Bobby Bonilla one's really bad because the Mets are still paying him long after the fact. But, I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, so I'm obviously biased here. So, I mean, it's up there. If it's not the worst contract, I mean, there are a lot of, lot of bad contracts in sports. Like, a lot of really bad ones. This one's really bad. This one is obviously up there. I would say this one's probably in the top three or the top five. Because um, he never fucking played. Like, he fucking, he's a... You know, I part of me hates Jacoby Ellsbury, like the Yankee fan part of me, like fucking despises him with every fiber of my being, especially because he was great for the Red Sox and then came to the Yankees, got paid a lot of money and did nothing. Part of me kind of respects him, though, because he fucking got paid all this money and literally did nothing. So, like, is it is it kind of his <laughs> fault that he got this contract or is it fucking more on Brian Cashman's fault? I would argue it's Brian Cashman's so, fault. Okay. Jacoby, so, okay. He's like somebody... the finesse god, man. He just got paid $26 million to go away. Please, someone pay me $26 million to go away. I will gladly go away for $26 million. Gladly. So somebody, what, what, what are even his injuries? I, I would say it, something that's almost, I say a lot of crazy shit, but I'm not answering that question because answering that question will get me in trouble. So I'm just going to let, let it be. It is a laundry list. I'm curious what, what your worst contract is, Ross. I think mine, though, is probably, but he is good. He'll get a million dollars every year until 2035. But Chris Davis, Legends. Baltimore Orioles, $161 million. He had a buck 79 last year. A buck 79 with 12 homers. That will be number one. I would think you'd have some football talk like Hainsworth, Jamarcus Russell, who comes to mind for you, Ross? Uh, you know, the football ones are tough because for the most part, and I can give you bad football contracts, but for the most part, you can get out of them. I, I think it's on some level why the NFL is better than these other sports. Like, the other sports, if you have a really bad player on a really bad contract, you're just kind of stuck. And you're screwed. And it's just eating into your, not even cap, it's just eating into your payroll. In the NFL, you can almost always, and in most situations, get rid of your dead weight, which I think is a bad thing for those players. But then on some level, a good thing for other players because then the money that's not going to that guy that would be dead weight should go to the players that actually deserve it at that point, I guess. And it's a net positive for sure for the fans. So I think it's, I think it's some of the baseball contracts you guys have talked about. I think the worst contracts might be like, who are like, who's, who are the famous NBA guys that like got traded four years in a row because people were just trying to like free up cap space. But like, those are the bad ones. Like, who are the NBA guys that like, I feel like every year they got traded because they had an expiring contract. I mean, the NBA contracts are weird. I feel like there's some bad NBA ones. Joakim Noah's getting paid $6.4 million to not play 
And there are dozens. James Dolan, shout out to the Knicks, baby. That's a Phil Jackson (laughs) special right there. You know what the common denominator is? It's all fucking New York teams. Like, what the fuck happened to New York sports, man? I'm sorry to take it off track, but I mean, like, what the fuck? Ellsbury, fuck, those are all my favorite teams giving out terrible contracts. You know, when you look at them, an awful lot of them are. And Rick DiPietro, a former goalie for the Islanders, got a 15-year deal. A lot of New York contracts are the worst in sports. But let's turn our attention towards Houston because they deserve some bad press. And what the hell is Major League Baseball going to do with the Houston Astros? Well, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, hinted that it could be more than a fine, more than draft picks, quote, my authority under Major League Baseball Constitution would be broader than those things as well. But I don't think it matters, guys. When the Houston Astros clearly, and the evidence is all over the place, cheated rampantly all season, probably in the postseason, it won them a World Series. So I don't know if there's anything you can do that tells other teams around the league that it's not actually worth cheating. A couple of draft picks, a couple of million dollars, that is not going to dissuade teams from trying to cheat in the future because ultimately it paid off. It worked. They won a World Series. Now, if you suspend A.J. Hinch for a year, if you go after all the players that you find direct evidence of and suspend them for six months, for 30, 40, 50 games, Maybe you'd start to dissuade teams, but I'm not sure they'll do any of that. What should they do, Ross, to to make sure this never happens again? I say the harsher, the better. And that's how I feel about almost anything like this in sports. You know, we'll talk about it later, but when it comes to like drug testing, I say the more testing, the better. Sorry, Le'Veon Bell. And I say the harsher, the punishment, the better. You know, We should try to get to the point where there's a level playing field. I think that's what we all want. And that you don't have to think, how much can I cheat and get away with it? Because other people are, that's what I need to do. I don't know that these people will be banned from baseball for life. But I think that the punishment should be significant. I think that they should take away the 2017 World Series from the Houston Astros. Now, the problem is, you don't really give it to anybody then. It's just kind of like, all right, nobody won it that year. And by the way, those freaking guys still have the rings. They still did the parade. They still went to the White House, maybe. And they still got to celebrate on the field that night and the night after that and then after that. So when you take away shit like that, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, nobody's like, oh, no. Like Reggie Bush, we all know he won the Heisman that year. I don't care if his mom and dad got a house. Good for them. They should. He was awesome. He was like the best college football player I've ever seen. So I don't know. I don't even know what the precedent is, Dave. I would just say, hey, Manfred, as harsh as possible, send a message to everybody out there because it sounds like other teams are doing it. It sounds like this is just how they roll in baseball, which is a bad way to roll. It's a bad look. Come down on them hard. Nobody will care other than the Astros, and they seem like they're a bunch of assholes anyway. The owner's walking through the hallway with two police officers saying, I'm only going to talk about baseball. Really? Really, dude? How clueless can you be? I'm only going to talk about, okay, I have a question. Does it make you feel bad that your team won baseball games by cheating? Does it make you feel bad that your baseball team is a bunch of jerks that says awful things to women? Does it make like, I mean, I hate the Astros. I don't even give a shit about baseball, and I hate the Astros. Costos. I mean, I think my thoughts on the Astros have been made abundantly clear already. Yeah. But fucking... what should they do? What should, I would, what should I would, do? Well, I think they should they should take away the World Series. Take it away. Like it never happened. Like strike it, take the banner down. They fucking cheated. It's it's there's video evidence of it. They'll never do it. So like well, I know I understand that what I'm saying is not gonna happen, but they should take the fucking World Series away. Like, did the Black Sox get the get what happened in nineteen nineteen? Like do you think that this team should fucking, the Astros should get to be the World Series champions if they, it's proven that they fucking cheated to win? They should take it away. I took Reggie Bush, and I, by the way, I think Ross is 100% right. 
Like, great. You took Reggie Bush's Heisman away. Awesome. So here's kind of where it gets interesting, right? Because, like, yeah, I was, I, I'm, I was, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. It's like, great. Take Reggie Bush's Heisman away. I saw what Reggie Bush did against Fresno State. I saw what he did that season. I saw him win the Heisman. I don't care that, like, they say he never won it. As far as I'm concerned, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. And I guess you can make the argument that even if they take the World Series away from the Astros, like, they won it. Like, the players celebrated, like Ross said. Like, the players got all the benefits that come with winning a championship. Like, it happened already. So I would take it away, and then you got to hurt him in the future. I would take away like their 10 first round, their, 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 like, their first 10 picks in the next draft and cripple them for a couple of years. I think that's really the only thing you can do. Like you can take away the World Series and I think it would like satisfy morons like me that just want blood and like a pitchforks and, the, and torches. Great, but you got to hurt this team in the bottom line moving forward. You got to hurt them where it counts, wins and losses, revenue. And you do that by making sure the product on the field is bad. How do you do that? You take away their draft picks. I don't know that there's any more recourse they can take other than that, unfortunately, because I think they're cheating lying scumbags. They've got to hurt them. It's got to be draft picks. It's got to be money north of $10 million. And I think it's got to be at least a year-long suspension for anyone involved in that. Now, that gets very difficult because it looks like it also includes the Mets manager and the Red Sox manager who were with the Astros at the time. That's where this gets cloudy. Should you hurt other organizations? Probably. A couple of year-long bans, I think, would make sure that other organizations think twice before doing this again. What about the NCAA and how they delve out punishment? An interesting move yesterday by an organization that wants to make themselves irrelevant. The NCAA punishes James Wiseman, the star basketball player at Memphis, by suspending him 12 games. That had to happen. That's nine plus three, three that he played after, uh, despite the fact that they had evidence of the violation. So 12 games, he won't play basketball until next year. Yes, they had to do that. That's the precedent. That's the rule. Clear infraction. What happened is Penny Hardaway gave the family $11,500 back in the summer of 2017 to move them to where Penny Hardaway coached high school at the time. But because Hardaway had given a million dollars to Memphis, he was considered a booster. It was a pretty easy piece of detective work for the NCAA and a clear violation. What doesn't make much sense is the part where Wiseman now, part of this punishment is has to pay back that $11,500 in the form of a donation to a charity of his choice. So a family that didn't have the money to move across town to play for Hardaway in high school now has to come up with $11,500 and give it to charity. A kid who's playing for free, making Memphis millions of dollars, playing basketball that can't make money off his name, like name, image, or likeness, now essentially getting fined. What do you make of that logic, Ross? I don't understand it at all. Not at all, not even a little bit. What like what is their logic? We we need to get a statement from the NCAA or talk to an NCAA spokesperson about how they envision Wiseman getting that money to be able to donate it to charity. What the hell are they talking about? Like, I I must be missing something. There there can't be any organization or anybody out there that's this stupid that there's got to be some part of this i'm missing maybe he has five years to do it after he goes to the nba i i, I don't know there's got to be some part of this i'm missing because otherwise this is the strangest story i think i've ever seen from the ncaa and that's saying a lot the guy that needed the money to move his family because he didn't have any money now you want him to give money to a charity to make up for it what the hell are you talking about so, Costo, should he just give the middle finger to the NCAA and go sign a bunch of autographed jerseys at the mall and make the $11,500? Or what do you make of all this nonsense? Well, I, I just think it's stupid. I don't fucking think it's so dumb. It's the NCAA. You know what it is? It's like, you ever, like, watch people smoke weed for, like, the first time and how they react and, like, they're fucking, like, all giggly and shit and, like, the whatever? Not that I've ever done that. Um, it's like the people in the NCAA, like, they all, like, They've never smoked weed before. They all got really stoned. And they're like, you know what we should do? Let's make the kid fucking pay it back. And they're like, ha, 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 great idea. And then they went with it. 
Who makes decisions? I, 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 this shit is so fucking stupid. You know what? I just, well, you know what I care about? When is James Wiseman going to be back on the court so I can watch him play? I don't give a fuck what fucking money he took. It doesn't fucking matter to me. It doesn't affect my life at all. I don't give a shit. Get the kid back on the fucking court so I can bet on these fucking games and so they're more interesting getting into conference play. I don't care. I really don't. And I just feel like the NCAA fucks everything up. Like, this is nothing new. They suck, obviously. They're, I actually think they took the baton from the NFL and fairly... I guess, like, in, if you want to look, it's kind of funny from from one angle, right? That they're just like they're so like fucking out of touch and stupid that it's actually kind of humorous. They're just taking the NFL's approach, like we're just gonna make shit up on the fly and whatever. Make the kid pay it back. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, it's so fucking stupid. It's so dumb. I don't fuck. There's nothing in the world I care less about. How about that? Fucking tell me when James Wiseman's back playing so I can bet on Memphis. That's what I want to know. I don't give a shit. I. I just can't help but wonder if it's going to make guys think twice about going to play at college, knowing the headaches they're going to have to deal with, knowing that they're going to be there one year before they go make $10 million, $20 million, $30 million in the NBA, if they'll take that LaMelo ball outlet and just go play in some semi-pro NBL, NBDL, some sort of side league, just to put off the bullshit for a year before you can go straight to the NBA. They might make themselves irrelevant, but you do want to bet not just on college hoops on by the, the way, Dave, NFL. by the way, Dave, yep. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather deal. And this is not an insult to the great country of Lithuania. I would rather play in the NCAA than go play in Lithuania. Without, Lithuania, without, yes. Which yes. where LaMelo You're Ball is, by the way, without, 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 without my rich dad funding me, like I ain't going to fucking Lithuania if I don't have a lot of money. No chance. <laughs> no, no disrespect taken. All right. But you do want to bet and we need to get in your bets before we run out of time, before we lose you for the hour. So let's get into some NFL bets for this weekend, college football, if you want to go there, but it's a hell of a week in the NFL, some outstanding playoff type matchup starts tonight. Colts and Texans, Houston minus three and a half tonight. What do you like this week? Um, in the NFL, um, for tonight's game, I think this is a really tough game to pick against the spread. If I had to pick, I would I would take the points with the Colts here, but we kind of have to see what's going to happen, right? So it's not like I, we can like bet this game right now. Like I need to know if T.Y. Hilton's playing. Like that severely changes the handicap of the game. Like it, 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 it's trending like T.Y. Hilton is going to play in this game. Like that is absolutely massive if he goes in this game. And the Colts have some injury information outside of Hilton that still kind of has to be cleared up. I kind of lean towards taking the points with the Colts here, especially if Hilton's going to play. Because I think the Colts can win this game outright if Hilton's there on the field. Hilton has historically killed the Texans throughout his career. So I, I, I'm not ready to bet this game right now. If I had to, I guess I would take the points with Indianapolis. So like this is not a game that like if this game were on like a, on Sunday at one o'clock with like eight other games around it, this is not a game that I'm I'm especially excited to bet, but since you're asking me about it, I guess I'll take the points with the Colts. But again, that depends on uh, what the injury information turns out to be um, as we move closer to kickoff tonight. Um, some games I like this weekend. Lines have moved, unfortunately. So like, I don't think you can really get the best of these numbers anymore. But like, I bet the Jets as a three and a half point home underdog against the Raiders. I think that there's value in that bet. I still think there's value on the Jets as a three point home underdog against the Raiders. I think I understand why that spread is what it is. The Jets are a bad team, but like have variants to potentially be a good team. And we've seen that in a number of spots this season. You know, they've looked good the last couple of weeks, albeit against bad teams, but they've won two straight games. They have a quarterback who's certainly capable of really good things in Sam Darnold. And like, I don't know. Raiders are a great story, and I think we give John Gruden a lot of credit, and Mike Mayock certainly. No matter what happens over the course of the rest of the season, they've already exceeded expectations. But I think this is too rich a price if you want to lay it with the Oakland Raiders here. And I think the public will be on the Raiders, and the public won last weekend, and you know how that works if you've ever seen the movie The Empire Strikes Back. So I will take the points with the Jets as a three-point home underdog. Monday Night Football, I like the Rams, um, but I got the Rams as a three-and-a-half-point home underdog as well. That spreads down to three against the Ravens. This is the Ravens at the absolute height of the market, the apex right now. I guess we've said that a couple times this year, so maybe they'll shove it up my ass again. But I kind of think the Rams have some value as a three-point home underdog on um, on Monday night football. I think if the Cowboys had half a brain, if the Jason Garrett had half a brain, they would go into New England and win the game outright. Because I think the Cowboys are a better team than the Patriots. But it's hard to have a lot of trust in Jason Garrett. I know people want to hear about this game because it's the biggest game of the, of the day, and it's going to be one of only two games in that 425 p.m. Eastern window on the East Coast on an NFL Sunday. This is going to be maybe the biggest handle of the year, um, Cowboys and Patriots. I guess I would take the points with Dallas, but like again, this is not a game where there's like a, a especially strong edge to be gleaned on either side. I think there's a case to be made either way. That's what makes the NFL handicapping really difficult. Another bet, two totals that I really like as well. Um, and one of them has moved off the key number. I bet it a couple days ago, and I got 41 again. I always say on the show, this is why you need to listen to You Better You Bet throughout the week, because lines move. 
on you know early in the week and you want to make sure you get the best of the number. 41 is one of the key numbers as it concerns totals. I think this Jaguars Titans game is going to go over and it's got it's gone up to 45 and a half and I still kind of like it here. Jaguars have major issues stopping the run. Derrick Henry is going to absolutely trample them. We saw that last year on Thursday night when he had that four-touchdown game. And I don't think this is a situation where, oh, they can run the ball and it's going to bleed the clock out. The game's going to go under. I think the Titans are going to put some points up in this game. And I think Derrick Henry is going to absolutely dominate. And and how do you attack this Titans defense? You hit them on the outside. And what does Nick Foles like to do? Throw it outside receivers. DJ Chark's quietly having like one of the best seasons a wide receiver's having in the NFL. So I really like this over 41 points. I think it's a low total in the uh, Jaguars-Titans game. And this Bucks. Falcons total interesting line movement here, guys, as far as the market's concerned. Opened around 54 and a half. It's down to 51. We saw a similar move um, a couple weeks ago um, in the in one of these Bucks games, and it's escaping me at the moment. But the Bucks played a game a couple weeks ago. The, oh, the Cardinals game, where it went down from 54 and a half to 51, and then around kickoff shot all the way back up. I think that we're going to see that happen again this week. This Falcons defense is getting a lot of credit right now, and I feel like it's kind of undeserved. Like, yes, they have played well the last couple of weeks, but I think we have to take into account that Kyle Allen threw three interceptions inside the 10-yard line last week. So I'm not insinuating the Panthers should have won the game or the Falcons should have lost, but the game should have looked a lot different. Like, if the Falcons, if the Panthers score two of those touchdowns, I think it's a different narrative right now around this Falcons defense. Bucks are certainly capable uh, of going out there and putting up a lot of points in this game and vice versa. So, you know, how do you kill this Falcons, this Bucks defense? You throw the ball. I think it's a blow-up spot for Matt Ryan. I think this game's going to be played in the 60s. So the two totals that I like, I'll go over 51 in the Bucks and Falcons, and I'll go over 41 or 41 and a half in the Jaguars and the Titans. Uh, Nick, before I chime in on those, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Penn State, Ohio State. Um, I like Penn State with the points here, and I think this is actually like, I'm happy that you asked this. Because I'm kind of going through the board this weekend in college football. And I think that everyone is kind of, this is the kind of shit that I like to talk about. Like, I don't want to fucking talk about James Wiseman and the NCAA. This shit is fun. Like, we're talking about games and bets and shit. This is what fucking gets my juices flowing. So the college football playoff rankings come out the other night, right? And people just kind of assume that, okay, this is what it's going to be. Like, it'll be LSU's going to win the SEC, Ohio State, Clemson, and then whoever the Pac-12 champion is. Like at some point, one of these teams is going down because this is always what happens, right? There's always some sort of fuckery that goes on in between like the point in the college football season where everyone assumes that this is what, what it's going to be and then what it actually ends up being. So I think that I may blindly fade here all the teams that are in that are in um, contention right now. So I'm taking TCU with the points against Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's fraudulent. And I think that the committee showed you that they think Oklahoma's fraudulent by only bumping that bump one spot after the comeback win against Baylor. Oklahoma should have lost a couple weeks ago against Iowa State, if not for the missed two-point conversion. Should have lost last week against Baylor. Baylor could have pulled its head out of its ass and scored a point in the second half. I think they're going to lose either against TCU or next week in Bedlam against Oklahoma State. I'll take the points with TCU. I'm also going to take the points with Penn State. Look, Ohio State's going to win the game. Penn State's not going into the horseshoe and winning that game. But Penn State's got a lot of talent on that uh, on their team. So I think Penn State's going to be able to fall inside that number. So I bet at Penn State a couple uh, couple days ago at plus 18. And how about Arizona State against Oregon? Arizona State's a 14 or 14 and a half point underdog at home against Oregon. People are assuming that Oregon's just going to fucking waltz maybe into the playoff. They'd have to get through Utah. Utah's got a much better coach than Kyle Whittingham. I'll take my chances here that Mario Cristobal at some point, who I think is a great recruiter, but an absolutely horrendous in-game coach. Remember when we saw that in the Auburn game to start the season, Cristobal, and the Stanford game last year, this guy sucks when it comes down to it. If Oregon gets tight in a big spot, I think he's going to fuck it up. I will also take the points with Herm Edwards in Arizona State on Saturday night against Oregon. So I'm, I'm looking to fade a couple of these teams here. I'm not saying they're going to lose outright. Oklahoma wouldn't shock me if they lost outright. But I think that some of these games are going to be close. It's a sleepy November Saturday, and everyone's kind of looking past it. We're kind of already looking ahead to the conference championships. There will be – it's like the co- the movie There Will Be Blood. There will be fuckery because there's always fuckery. That's what I'm looking at in college football this weekend. There will be fuckery because there's always fuckery. That's got to be on your wall, etched on a plaque. That is wisdom. From the Costos. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for the picks. Can I hit hit you with one other thing quickly here? As many as you want. No matter how badly I lost last weekend, no matter how badly we may lose this weekend, it's all going to be all right. Because we're all going to get rich betting Georgia to beat LSU in the SEC championship game. You want chaos? That's where we're going to get chaos. And I think LSU is still going to get into the playoff after they lose to Georgia in the title game. 
that's the bet that I'm really looking forward to making. Georgia to beat no. LSU in the SEC title game. Oh, yeah. That offense, that conservative, boring offense is going to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. Have you seen Georgia's defense? I have, but look, I, I think I think uh, we'll make a bet as it arrives. I'm taking LSU by two touchdowns. Great. That's oh. that, great. Great. So give, give me, give me Georgia, Georgia plus. Yeah, give me Georgia plus 14, Dave, and I'll give you I'll, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds on the bet. Done. We'll bet 100 right, bucks. I'll get, get, uh, how about this? I'll give you $1,000 if, if LSU wins by more than 14, and you give me 100 bucks if Georgia covers the 14. How about that? <laughs> there will be fuckery. Nick Costos, good to see you, my friend. We're going to have uh, some picks from Ross Tucker here in a couple of minutes after a break. Also, the correct the Washington, picks. The correct, the, cor- picks. the correct picks. I went He's over gonna... seven last week, so you might as well listen to anyone other than me picking NFL sides. <laughs> and Ross has been on fire. Good to see you, brother. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck on the picks. And check out You Bet or You Bet, 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock, radio.com. All right, coming up, uh, we'll we're going to take a... We'll talk soon and enjoy those uh, those killer sneakers. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, the Washington Redskins, one story that explains everything that has gone wrong for Dan Snyder and company, plus Ross Tucker's big bets and Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports joins us after a quick break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 